Welcome to the Hello Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Levine. I'm super excited to share with you my top insider tips for divorce, including actionable steps in bite-sized pieces to lowering the cost, conflict, and confusion surrounding your divorce so that you can move on to that next awesome chapter with peace of mind and your financial and emotional integrity in check. Hello and welcome to our webinar, How Will Coronavirus Impact Divorce? This is the first time that I have ever done a webinar from my bedroom, but I figured this was probably the safest place to be in light of my children taking over the rest of the house. So um, we just want to, first of all, start out by saying thank you for being here. I know that we are going through so much right now and there's so much unknown. And I always say that divorce is such a transitionary time for us anyways, because we're going, you know, out of relationship, transitioning from a we to me, which is already really impactful and add on a global pandemic. And it really puts a lot of stress and anxiety on us. So our goal today is to take some of that off of you. And to give you back some control by giving you the information you need. And then also helping you to understand where further resources are, including Mark and I, um, so that after this webinar, you'll be able to take the information with you and keep going, run with it. So um, first of all, I... Just want to remind you of a couple things. Number one is you're welcome to message the group or message um, one of us privately. You're also welcome to use the question and answer feature if you have questions. We are going to um, take a lot of questions about midway through. So stay tuned for that. I also want you to try to just listen and take in some of this information to the extent that there aren't too many distractions in your home because we will send you the recording afterwards. So you will be able to review it on your own time as well or forward it to someone else who it might be helpful for. Okay, with that, I will begin. As most of you know, or some of you know, I'm Erin Levine. I am a lawyer. I've been practicing law for 15 years. I'm also a certified family law specialist. And I am the CEO and founder of a Bay Area law firm, Levine Family Law Group, and the online divorce platform, Hello Divorce. I also have with me my good friend and colleague, Mark Flowers, who at some point, hopefully, he will make a cameo on the video. Um, Mark is amazing. He shares my passion for making divorce holistic, for thinking about addressing all needs, not just legal, but financial and wellness and doing whatever we can to the extent possible to keep divorces amicable and out of court. That being said, both of us understand that that is not always an option for people and if you do, in fact, need to go to court, he shares the passion that I have of helping people with a real clear cost-benefit analysis so that you know exactly what you're facing as you walk into the courtroom. Mark is a certified financial planner, 
And he's also a certified divorce financial analyst, which maybe he'll tell you a little bit more about. But essentially, he offers incredible support to those of you who are going through divorce or considering divorce in terms of analyzing the different possibilities for settlement, for litigation, and of course, just understanding your portfolio, which is probably the most important thing that we can all do right now. Also, he hosts Second Saturdays, and it's an in-person workshop in San Mateo, although I'm told that they um, exist all over the country. And with this Second Saturday workshop, there is a family law attorney, sometimes me, a financial planner, him, and a therapist. And we explore dynamics of divorce and how to get through it um, in the best way possible. So. With that introduction, I am going to turn it over to Mark in just a minute, but I want to help you to understand what I expect that you will learn from today's webinar. And why there's three number ones, I'm not sure, but as you can imagine, we were rushing to get this up and get it going for you in a quick amount of time. So just ignore that, and let's focus on the words on the page which is that Mark is going to start out by telling us what the market looks like in this moment and how it might impact your divorce. From there, I'm going to step in and there might be a little bit of banter back and forth, but in general, this is the flow. And I'm going to talk about what you legally need to know if you are divorcing right now. So that will include if you are considering divorce in this moment or if you're actually already in the divorce process. We're going to talk about your legal needs. And then we're going to open it up to a question and answer. We have some questions that have already been sent to us, but of course, if you bring some in, we're happy to answer them. We want you to feel in control. There's so many things we're not in control of in the moment. And we want you to feel like you understand exactly what's happening with your divorce and how or if to move it forward. So with that, I'm going to stop sharing my screen for a moment. I might even pop off video, but I'm going to turn it over to Mark to tell us a little bit about uh, the market right now and uh, how he can help. All right, Aaron, thank you very much. Hi, everybody. This is Mark. Um, I'm actually not going to turn my camera on quite yet because I'm just going to read through some pre-prepared notes because I basically wanted to take you through kind of soup to nuts. So I wanted to start off with what the virus actually is and I guess kind of what I'm seeing in the in my updates daily and then how that's affecting the economy uh, and, and probably the stock market a little bit too. And then I wanted to talk through different ways that you can sort of plan with that perspective in mind. And I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows that, that we're not doing this webinar in a spirit of fear. I want for you to really feel empowered by the time that we get done with this webinar um, so that you feel like you've got a, a plan to move forward. So we're very much trying to offer support and solutions and just, just a, a general understanding and knowledge. So first I wanted to just review COVID-19, what it actually is. So what we're seeing right now is that the virus is, is highly communicable and it causes flu-like symptoms, but in extreme cases, it'll actually cause severe respiratory issues. Um, and so most of the people who are being affected lethally by this thing are primarily people who are immunocompromised. 
um, and also people who are basically like over 60, 65 and up. Um, many of the news outlets right now are focusing on other developed nations like uh, different nations in Europe, South Korea, and they're taking their, those stories or the way that those countries are dealing with the virus and kind of projecting it into the United States so that you're not really getting a, the full perspective, the full U.S. picture on how our, our country is choosing to handle the problems. So I think that that perspective is really important just to see how the U.S. is dealing with it versus how other countries are. Right now, I would say that the shortfalls of, of the way that the U.S. is dealing with the virus is there is absolutely a shortage of tests. Um, so we need to catch up with that. And there's also a shortage of masks. So, But once those two things get caught up with, we'll be able to do a little bit more um, they'll be able to do some more testing to understand who's got the virus and who doesn't. Um, And that's largely what they've done in South Korea is they've been really aggressive about testing and then quarantining out people who have been affected from those who are unaffected. And that's how they've been able to slow the pace there. And so I think that the U S is probably on target for something like that. So for right now, the idea of shelter in place and social distancing is really the best strategy that we have to be able to slow or stop the spread of the virus, which is, the most, the most lethal part of it. So economically, um, I feel like we have a much stronger infrastructure than the other countries that have been previously affected, like Italy, for example, um, and now Spain. But we also have a larger population, and a large population of the United States is older in the 65-plus range. So the shelter-in-place is causing a sudden shock to the economy, Um, And now we're starting to see the unemployment numbers come out. I don't know if anyone was watching the news today, but uh, unemployment totals are really, really high and they're expected to be higher. Um, Most people are working from home and and businesses are closed and schools are closed. And so many of you on this call are experiencing tough times as a result of these policies of sheltering in place, social distancing. And so what we really wanted to work through today is to answer the question of how can you weather the storm? And so I just, I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment because I know you had some slides to share, but we're not currently seeing them. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to start sharing my slides and then I'll, I'll turn my camera on as well. Okay. Okay, I'm here. All right, everybody. So first we wanted to talk about access to cash. And so I've got a couple of uh, slides up here on the board of ways to be able to access cash. So right now, if you are feeling the crunch income-wise or um, if the investments are are really depressed right now and kind of worried about what to do, uh, I would say to have access to cash. And so I've listed the different sources of cash that are here that you could potentially use. So the first one is bank accounts. That's probably the pretty obvious one. Uh, But the second one that you may or may not know about is to refinance. So right now, the interest rates are pretty low, relatively speaking. And so you may be able to get cash out of your home by being able to by refinancing it or using a home equity line of credit. So if you're still employed and working from home and just maybe kind of seeing a reduction in um, sort of the, the bonus income, but the base income is still there. There may be the ability to qualify for the loan. Um, 
You can also borrow against your 401k. And I know that actually some lenders right now will give a little bit of assistance in terms of, of mortgage relief. So if you feel like you can't make the payment for a month or two, you may be able to call the lender directly and ask that they uh, delay the payments for a month or two. Um, there are business lines of credit that are available as well. Um, there is a, a really large disaster relief stimulus package in play right now. I think uh, the House might, might have signed it today already. If not, they'll sign it tomorrow. Um, and there are a lot of small business provisions in there. So you may be able to borrow if you've got a small business. Um, you may have to use credit cards at this point. It's, that's not the most friendly option, but it is an option if you need cash. And then I put netting out investments on here. What you can do is you can take a look at investments that have a fair amount of gains built into them already. And some of them will have built-in losses. So you can basically offset the gains and the losses to make an even level so you can at least get your money back out of the investments without losing on them. So netting out investments was another option. And financially, the dissolution may actually be lower at this point in time right now. And so Aaron and I wanted to just talk through what does that look like? Does, does it make sense to continue to, um, to continue to negotiate or, you know, the, the courts are closed right now. So automatically you're going to get this kind of natural lag, but does it make sense to continue to gather financial data? And I think it certainly does. In fact, it's probably going to be more helpful to you right now to be able to just stop and take a look at what the budgets look like to take a look at your current incomes and your current expenses and figure out, do I have a gap here? Do I have a shortfall? And if you do, this is the time to be able to work together, which is why I like a, a platform like Hello Divorce is because you, you can both work together and you can basically do the divorce on your own. And while you're working together, you can take a look at these incomes and expenses and, fi and figure out the pieces of the puzzle, right? So it's, it's more of, some, of a puzzle to be figured out. Hey, um, Mark, um, yeah. we have a request. If you can just put this slide in presentation mode so it's a little bit bigger for people to see, that would be great. Yeah. Is that better? Thanks. Okay. I think so. Um, so if you, are, if you are in the situation where you can work together, instead of going through the different child and, and spousal support tools, um, that we have available to us, DisaMaster is an example, or you know, a marital standard of living calculation, which can be fairly contentious. You guys can just basically go through your budgets and take a look at each other's expenses, compare them, compare the total incomes, and then figure out if there's a way to be able to substantiate each other, at least just for the time being. Um, you'll see at the very bottom point, I'll kind of put my cursor to it. It says structuring levels of support. Oops. Um, structuring levels of support. So there is a way that you can create support that's relevant right now. And then maybe in six months, nine months, 12 months from now, that support needs to change based on lifestyle needs. And so you can just come up with a temporary agreement right now that is suitable for everybody and then modify it later. Something else to really consider is to monitor debt. So you can, you can potentially come to an agreement now about marital assets and debts and basically cut off the community portions of those 
so that they're not hanging over your head. Whatever debt the other person incurs maybe is not, not hanging over your head, which is important because debt is considered community property as well. You may want to consider splitting accounts as share quantities. So if you've got like 100 shares of Tesla right now, let's say, and it's down fairly large from where you bought it initially, instead of selling it off and splitting the cash, maybe you can share split the shares themselves. So 50% of the shares go to one party, 50% of the shares go to another. This can be really relevant to stock options, which are fairly common uh, in the Bay Area right now, stock options and, and RSUs. So if you've got the ability to, to split those as shares rather than liquidating them and taking them as cash, that, that could be very helpful. Aaron, that's pretty much all I, what I've got. Oh, I can go through the marital home too, or I can let you handle that. Uh, let's see. I think, I think we definitely should handle it. Let's get into like the nitty gritty divorce stuff and then circle back to this in the Q and a and, um, see if any other questions come up around the house. There's also a couple articles on the hellodivorce.com website that I encourage everyone to check out, um, in terms of different options for the home in the moment. So, um, head to hellodivorce.com. Do you have any resources that you can think of that people can also look up information on the house? Yeah, we have a fair amount of, uh, blog detail on secondsaturday.com. Great. So I would invite you to check that out too. Okay. Well, we'll, that's fantastic. We'll circle back to the house in a minute. Um, I'm going to share my screen again, if you don't mind. And share. All right. So, so that was an awesome overview of finances. I think that some of the, the lingo like RSUs and um, stock shares might be really um, easy to understand for the people that have gone to your second Saturday meetings. Um, because you do such an amazing job at sharing that information. If any of this feels overwhelming, though, um, understand that it's just about learning. And once you learn and understand the type of assets that you or your spouse have, you're going to feel that much better. So um, keep this recording handy after we send it to you because it's going to be super helpful. And it's also something that, that Mark will tell you about his ability to um, help you understand your portfolio itself. So I'm going to start with divorce and how I look at divorce, because I think a lot of times lawyers tend to use really big words. It's not something that we mean to do, but it's something that we're taught way back even from law school. And uh, for the average person who doesn't have a career in law, it can be really confusing. So I just want to break divorce down a bit. And the way I look at it is there's the procedural stuff and the substantive stuff. The procedural stuff is all the paperwork and filing and delivery of documents that need to get done and the exchange of financial information. So even if you have a 100% agreement already with your spouse, you still need to exchange financial information in California and most other states. So the procedural stuff, regardless of whether the courts are open or not, 
you can be doing these forms either on your own with our web application or with a legal document assistant or with one of our lawyers, but you can be working on this stuff now. And like Mark said, it's a good idea. It's a good idea to get this stuff out of the way. And then there's the substantive stuff. So that's like the actual things that need to be resolved before your divorce can be final. And the big, the three big things are child custody. Um, what is your parenting plan going to look like when all of this is said and done? And maybe what is it going to look like now in the moment? Um, what, how will property and how will debt be divided or equalized? And when I talk about property, I know not everyone owns a real property. And I'm not just talking about homes or businesses. I'm also talking about things like vehicles and the furniture in your home. And when it comes to debt, I'm not just talking about mortgages, but I'm talking about credit card debt and student loans and that kind of thing. And then the last really big issue that the two of you need to resolve is whether or not child and spousal support will be paid. And if so, how much and for how long? So in terms of the substance, what I want you to be doing if you haven't already is understanding the specific law in your state around custody and property and support. And the reason why I want you to do that is because I want you to have a good sense for when the courts do open, what would be your best versus your worst case scenario. And that will help a lot with negotiation. So if you're in California, we have loads of resources on the hellodivorce.com website. And if you're not in California, there are lots of different resources you can go to survive divorce, diversify. You can Google. Nolo's a great um, a great resource for you. But if you need another one, please like don't hesitate to message me and I will help you to find what it is that you need. So we talked about a little bit already what you should do if you haven't started your divorce yet, meaning that you can be working on the forms you can be exchanging financial information. You can be determining what type of divorce you want. So if possible, maybe establishing some ground rules with your spouse. If, for example, maybe the two of you have decided that you'll do whatever you can to keep this out of court. Maybe you are willing to negotiate together, which I know is a lot harder when you're stuck in the same home with someone. Maybe you've decided to use a mediator or Maybe you're not sure yet and you just want to have a 30-minute or one-hour meeting with a lawyer slash legal coach to kind of get a sense for what your options are and how you want to proceed. But you can do it. Now, it gets a little bit more complicated if you're already in the divorce process, okay? Because for a couple reasons. Number one is, for the most part, and the links to all the courts and every state and every county are actually on our website in a blog. So you can be checking that or Googling your local courthouse. But for the most part, the courts are not taking filings unless it is an emergency or you have a request for a domestic violence restraining order. We hope that within the next week or two, that will change where maybe we won't be able to get into court for hearings, but at least we should be able to file documents and move the case forward that way. But like 
people who are just getting started. You can be working on your documents to the extent you haven't done them and exchanging um, you know, information. But more importantly, if you are already in the negotiation process and you're thinking about how things are going to be divided, I want you to pause even if you're getting pressure from your ex and a lot of people are getting pressure right now from their exes to move forward and get the divorce done. This is your divorce. You are in control. Nothing is going to happen overnight. You get the opportunity to lead yourself forward in whatever manner that is best for you, barring some emergency. So I want you to stand back and take a look at whether or not the offer that you've made or the counter proposal that you've reviewed is in your best interest in light of the changes to our economy right now. So as an example, I have a client who recently negotiated a child support order based on her having a full-time job. Well, currently she does not. She lost her job with the coronavirus um, and it's unclear whether or not she'll get that job back. In that case, the support amount that she had negotiated might need to be revisited. The same goes with assets. So Mark touched on something really important a little bit earlier, which is dividing and equalizing assets. If you have a brokerage account, if you have stocks, and you were talking about, hey, the community interest, meaning the, the interest you know, that was accrued during the marriage is about $100,000, so I'll give you fifty. Now you might want to take a step back and instead of promising a cash amount, maybe you just split the shares so that to the extent that your um, shares are impacted by the market up or down, you both are bearing some of that risk as opposed to promising a cash amount based on what the approximate value was before. Same goes with your retirement accounts. Um, so you really want to think that through. And then as it, as it comes to custody, you might have learned a lot about your co-parenting, um, your co-parent during this time. I say that you, you learn the most about your co-parent during a global pandemic. Do they react well in crisis? Are they doing everything they can to protect their child's welfare? Are they social distancing? Are they sheltering in place? Are they being flexible? with your children being able to access you when you're not with them. That, that information alone might help you to determine whether or not the existing co-parenting custody schedule you have is workable or whether you want to think about revisiting it. We have a parenting plan worksheet on our site that you can just search for parenting plan worksheet and you should be able to find it, download it, and start thinking about these things in light of what you've learned about your soon-to-be ex over the last week or two. Now, ultimately, if you are unable to resolve these issues with your um, spouse, then there will be opportunities for you to go to court to handle things like um, I have on my screen. And in some cases, you can file those requests right now, particularly if there's an emergency. Um, so I want you to think about that. That is not the subject of what we do at, at, at Hello Divorce, other than prepare. We don't represent you in court, but we certainly can guide you as 
to whether or not it makes sense to file a request for orders and or whether or not you might be better off using a mediator to try to resolve some of these disputes. So uh, briefly, I wanna tell you a little bit about Hello Divorce. Um, and I would love for Mark to join me and tell me a little bit about his services and maybe how we can work together to help you. Um, I always say that, you know, it, it's usually a really good idea once you've decided that reconciliation is not possible to think about moving forward with your divorce. And one of the big reasons for that is because when you are married to someone, separated or not, you remain a legal entity in the eyes of the law, just as if you had a business partner. So if your spouse were to run up debt, for example, or you know, have a wild party with minors and a child is caught, let's say, drinking alcohol, all of that could ultimately be shifted on you in terms of liability, and we don't want that. Then there's other things like beneficiaries. Do you want your soon-to-be ex to be able to inherit from you, or would you prefer that that go to your kids? If something were to happen to you, God forbid, would you want your soon-to-be ex making decisions on your behalf? Probably not. So. If divorce is in the cards, and only if, I want you to think about getting started and getting that procedural stuff started. There's no better way if you're in California than working through our divorce navigator to get your forms done because the forms are mandatory no matter what. And we're going to talk you through it to make it super easy, kind of like a TurboTax, but for divorce. Um, we also offer other services that are more of like a hand holding you through, and that's with a legal document assistant. And then, of course, access to lawyers in increments as small as 30 minutes. So if you are uh, considering filing now, I strongly suggest you sign up for a free account right from HelloDivorce.com and book a free 15-minute call. It might be with me, and if it's not with me, it's going to be with someone awesome on our team to learn a little bit more about you, what are like the pressing crisis issues, if any, and where do you wanna see this divorce go? What are your goals? And we can help guide you to the best, best option that um, you can get under the circumstances to save a ton of money, to keep things moving forward, to make it hassle-free, and hopefully to lower any existing conflicts. Mark, you wanna jump in there? Uh, for me, I wanted to introduce a lot, a lot of the Second Saturday people to Hello Divorce because I think that it's a really nice alternative to the traditional court process and also the traditional mediation process. It's a way for you to be able to do the forms on your own or in coordination with your soon-to-be ex. Um, and then you can use someone like me to be able to help you with certain values that you need to come up with along the way. For instance, if you're trying to come up with valuations for what the real estate property looks like, or if you want to figure out if you're going to trade um, property, the cars or the home, what, what have you, for other assets within the marital estate. Um, I can certainly help with that, but then ultimately you two can come up with the agreement and then work through Hello Divorce to be able to get the settlement agreement written up. Yeah, so um, I think that is so important because I think when most of us think about divorce, we think we need to go out and we need to retain a lawyer. 
And because of that thought process, the average cost of a divorce per person in the United States is $20,000 per person. And in California, it's $27,000 per person, which is insane. And lawyers can only do one piece of the divorce because when it comes to really analyzing your best and worst case scenarios for settlement and for financials, I'd much rather be working with a financial planner that, like Mark than a lawyer. Oftentimes lawyers are, you know, you could end up with a much younger lawyer too who doesn't have a lot of experience with this stuff. But in general, it's not really our strength. It's not really, you know, we're, we listen to the financial planners to help guide our clients legally to the right place. So when I think about a hello divorce, I think about it being kind of like a very similar to Mark, a holistic way to divorce. And in that we give you what it is that you need. It might be that you end up needing full representation. And if that's the case, we're going to get you to either our firm in the Bay Area or another firm in your location. But most often, in fact, 92% of the time, simply by using a service like ours um, and having access to lawyers, but not lawyering up in that traditional sense of the word, we've really been able to lower the conflict and keep people moving forward in a positive way. Um, Some of the things that we offer in our free membership is just resources and wellness, pre-divorce planning, um, what it is that you, what types of documents you need to be gathering. Mark's written a couple amazing resources and blogs for our site. You should check those out too. Um, The anxiety, like I said earlier, that comes with transition and comes with transitioning from we to me uh, is, is important to acknowledge. And when you add in the threat of coronavirus, that certainly causes even more anxiety. So at the site, you can be accessing a lot of really awesome resources that are geared towards you and where you are in your life, which is generally, I'm I'm assuming I'm talking to most people who are either post-breakup or thinking about breakup um, and getting trying to move through to get your divorce finalized. I know we had a couple of people too who have already been divorced and are reconsidering support and custody. And I want to acknowledge you and say that these resources can work for you as well. Mm-hmm. We also have flow charts um, that help break down the legal process. The legal system is super complicated. It is. And there's nothing we can do about that yet other than help you to understand the flow and make it much easier for you to navigate. And so you'll be able to check out those things as well. But I think, you know, what our goal here is, Mark, right, is that there's going to be challenges. But if we can maintain our mental health to the best extent, doesn't mean that we're not going to have days of crying and freaking out and just like this is to overwhelm. But if we can, for the most part, take our time through this, make it a marathon, not a sprint, not trying to get over your divorce immediately right away. Um, But instead taking the steps you need to understand what's ahead of you and how you can move it. um, Then you're that much more ahead of anyone else, hopefully even your ex who's going through divorce. Agreed. And I would even add to, to be able to use the time that you have either right now while you're sheltering in place. Um, I know that there are a lot of distractions. I also have small kids at home. 
Um, but if you can take this time to do your information gathering and hopefully try to work together on some level with your spouse or your soon-to-be ex to figure out how you're both going to be able to get through the process together. Um, because, you know, I think that we are coming into a point where we're going to have some type of an economic town downturn. If you haven't already experienced it yet, you may experience it in the future, either with marital assets that you have or with your cash flow situation. And so working, kind of having the, having the perspective of a hello divorce or someone like myself and I think help you to make the most appropriate decisions to be able to get the dissolution that you need to be able to, you know, like transition to the next step. Cause you, you certainly don't want to be in a situation where you're panicking for money or that that's increasing your stress and anxiety levels over something that, that could have been potentially figured out. Right. Absolutely. Let's jump into the question and answer because I'm, I w- received a ton of emails with questions. And if any of you have questions now, please message them to us or include them in the Q&A. But wanted to make sure we left plenty of time. And um, one thing that we missed that we ended up, that we said we'd come back to is a marital residence. And a question that I received earlier today, um, and this is for you, Mark, is, I've been told that the value of my home might go down significantly. How this, how might this impact um, either me buying out the property or, you know, selling it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you mind if I share my screen again? Cause I've got a, a couple of different ideas Not at all for everybody. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up my slides again and I will put them into presentation mode. So they're visible. Okay, so if you take if you take the marital home bullet point down below, um, there are a couple of different ways that you can go about the marital residence. And maybe for right now, I would say right now in the moment we're at the beginning of the coronavirus sort of issue. So we're seeing some of the totals come out, but it's not fully hit the economic situation yet. And there's been a massive stimulus package that the government has put forward. I don't know if anyone's seen it, but it's $2 trillion worth of stimulus. The stimulus in 2008 started off, just, just for the, comparatively speaking, it started off at $168 billion. So this is like literally three times the size. And so um, the idea is that hopefully a lot of the economic uh, impact will be normalized, at least hopefully by some point later this year, maybe even next year. So ideally, what you'd be able to, to do is to, to agree to split the residence on some level, but to maybe be able to hold on to it for a little bit of time. So bullet point one is to consider co-ownership until the values normalize, which is probably looking at nine to 12 months at this point, if the real estate market even reacts the same way that the stock markets are doing right now. Um, another option could be to rent the home to another third party person. Uh, that would mean that both of you move out and either rent on your own or, or, or try and live with a family member or something like that for now and allow the, the property to normalize. And the, the third idea that I have is to structure the levels of support so that maybe one person can continue to stay in the residence and then the person who's working can cover the expenses. And then maybe on either the sale or the buyout, those can get um, adjusted, the, the costs in uh, I don't know how to describe it. That, the, 
I guess the cost mm-hmm. of living in the home can be deducted from whatever the buyout value would have been. Another option that I was discussing with another client just recently is, you know, if the stock market has dropped, and so if you've got a fairly large investment account and the investment account has dropped by 20%, let's say, but the real estate value may or may not have caught up to that value, what you may be able to do is project the same amount of um, depression in asset valuation in the real estate or in the uh, stock portfolio to the real estate. So if the stock portfolio has gone down 20%, maybe you just say, okay, well, we're going to apply that same 20% value to the before and after value of the real estate. And then you can kind of compare apples to apples on buyout. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the moral of the story here is that there are lots of options. And again, nothing has to be um, considered over overnight. Nothing has to be, but that if you are going to do something more creative, like a co-ownership, then I want you to consider working with one of us or you're a different lawyer to put an agreement in place. Um, because there might be reimbursements, there might be some ground rules that need to go into that. We might need to talk about what happens in terms of who pays the mortgage and whether they'll be reimbursed. Um, you don't have to go at it alone, right? Like to the extent that your spouse agrees, we can get you in with a mediator. We can appoint a private judge. Uh, we can uh, have a legal coach reach out or a lawyer reach out directly to your ex to talk to them about this and exposure for both of you and why it might be a good idea to come to an agreement now. Um, but really what I, what I want you to be doing when your minds aren't completely mush and when you don't have your kids running back and forth, distracting you is to think, sit down and really think about what is best for you. Um, and if you need some help, that's why we're here. But those of us that are really putting our heads together and really talking and communicating about this kind of stuff are going to fare so much better when all this is said and done. Um, I have a question for you, Mark, which is, you know, what if some of our clients have really secure jobs, but they are concerned that their ex is going to lose their job or maybe already has. Um, And so would like, do we know whether or not this um, stimulus package is going to help somebody in that situation who maybe is keeping their income at the same amount, but is going to have to give more of it to their ex if they ask for child support? Not that I've seen so far. There are a couple of, I'm just reviewing the stimulus package right now, um, but it looks like there are provisions to enhance unemployment benefits, but it's not, it's not a ton of money per person. Uh, probably not enough to be able to affect someone's monthly cash flow budget. Um, I think that's important, though. If your ex did lose their job, for you to be telling them, "Hey, look at now is a good time to apply for unemployment and take a look to see if that stimulus package might help you." I'm also concerned about maybe because we know about government, right? That like maybe the stimulus package will go into effect, but people might not see that money for you know weeks on end. Three or four months, yeah. And then will the payor spouse be able to claim a reimbursement or um, get some help there since the payee spouse has now received some money? And I'm assuming yes, but really 
Like ultimately, if we're talking about a few hundred dollars, it's not worth litigating. If we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, then yes. hey, maybe it's time to to um to to consider something else there and to remind your spouse, hey, look at we can work this out together or we can work this out, you know, with a mediator, with a lawyer, a financial planner. If we go to court, we're each going to likely want to lawyer up and we're each going to be spending thousands and thousands of dollars for what? Like for what? Ultimately that money going to the government and to lawyers. Um, and us having a long, long period of not having, knowing what's going to happen next in our lives, like, is that really, you know, worth it? And so, um, understanding that sometimes you have to litigate, I get it, but to the extent we can keep you out of that, or you want ideas for how to keep out of court, um, check in with us about that too. Karen, I have a question for you also. Um, so a situation came up not too long ago and the couple had just finished dissolution um, and they were trying to figure out whether or not to move forward with a quadro. Um, and for everyone on the, on the webinar, when we split retirement accounts, we have to use a special document, a special legal document called a qualified domestic relations order. Um, and it's in the acronym is quadro QDRO. And so the question that I had for, um, you, Aaron is now that the asset value is depressed. So the, the account is probably worth about 20 to 30% less than it was when they actually did the marital dissolution. Um, should they be moving forward with the quadro or should they wait? I'm going to give you the the quintessential legal answer, which is it depends. And I know people hate hearing that from lawyers, but let me explain a little bit more. So first of all, I, I don't believe that most lawyers should be doing quadros themselves. I think for the most part, financial people and actuaries and people who specialize in these quadros should be doing it. That's precisely why we have affiliates that work with Hello Divorce to prepare and advise on quadros because they're going to have a really good sense as to whether or not it makes sense to move forward. I think that if you've agreed to a certain amount that your ex would be getting or that you would be getting, um, you need to think about if you know whether or not that still makes sense. Um, so if you agree that your X is not going is going to get $100,000. Now that account is $110,000 and you're only left with 10,000. We might want to hold off on that quadro and see if there's a way around our previous agreement. Can we set it aside? Can we renegotiate? Um, if there's simply an agreement that you each are going to take half or a certain percentage, in most cases, yes, you can move forward with that. Um, from a legal standpoint, there's no reason not to, you might feel otherwise, but the consensus from a legal standpoint is, you know, it's fine. And if you are the lucky person who is going to get that hundred thousand and leave your ex with 10,000, then now might be the time to move forward with that quadro, um, and to remind them that there's a, a judgment or an agreement in place. Um, to see if they push back, because if they don't like do it now and um, secure the amount of money that, that you can be getting towards your future. Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the MSAs will, or some, I'm sorry, sometimes the agreements will actually reference whether or not you are going to participate in gains and losses or not. 
So I guess you've also got to, mm. you've got to reference yes. the document too to, to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can prepare it and then take a look from there very carefully at all the terms. And that's something that one of us can help you with too, is really looking through those terms and seeing if the default terms really work in today's um, environment. I also had a question came in that came in that said, um, what, what should be my first step? Let's say I want to work with a service like Hello Divorce. Uh, do I start by signing up for the Divorce Navigator and preparing my forms? Or do I start with a legal coach to get a little bit of legal information that maybe I wasn't able to acquire from the uh, website? And I would say that it really goes back to your anxiety level. If you feel like you need a plan right now in the moment and that you're really concerned about some financial or legal issue in the moment, then let's start with a legal coach. Otherwise, I would say that there's no reason why you can't get working on your forms because most of these forms aren't going to change whether or not you are... Um, changing your settlement position, or you're going to um, be working with a mediator. In fact, <clears throat> a good mediator won't be able to start helping you guys work towards an agreement unless they have information. And the information happens on those um, documents. So you can use the divorce navigator to start working through your forms, or you can level up, you can upgrade and have our legal document assistants actually do those forms for you and start moving the divorce forward. But there's no reason to not get started on that now. Mm -hmm. um, any other questions? I'm just trying to, or any other topics that anyone wants us to address today? You can just say the word or message us directly. I know that there are so many questions and we've given you a ton of information, which might already be overwhelming. What we'll do is we'll respond to the emails we get after you guys have had a chance to review the recording or let this sink in. And to the extent that there are more questions, we can always address it by blog, um, by meeting, by doing another webinar. Um, so that is, that's there too. I mean, I think the, the biggest question I've been getting lately is, do I still have to do my child custody exchanges even if um, I, you know, even in light of, of COVID? And what most states are saying, even with the shelter-in-place orders, is that if you have a court order that requires you to do so, um, that that's an exception to shelter-in-place if the, if the custody, if the other parent's house is close by and that you should be doing these co-parenting exchanges, that it's good for the kids, um, that it keeps them um, having a sense of normalcy. Now, that being said, there are all sorts of reasons why that might not work for you. Um, you could have an autoimmune deficiency. You could be living with a grandmother that you're concerned about. Your ex could be uh, not taking shelter in place seriously and um, exposing him or herself to it. So there are reasons why not, but in general, the consensus is that we should in fact be doing the uh, custody exchanges now. Looks like we have a couple questions, Mark. Yeah, there's a question um, from Melanie. She says, does the development care um, if, if her husband is not there, will they reevaluate her income? 
Is this for purposes of um, like government assistance? For yeah, I think I think there's a disability involved. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So I. Oh no, it's not. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out why they would reevaluate your income if you're already on a lease. I'm assuming with your spouse. Um. So I'd love to be able to answer it, but I'm just not sure how in the moment. Um, let's see. Melanie's put a little bit more information. Oh, I see. Um, so oftentimes what happens is um, if you're in a divorce situation, you're separated and your spouse leaves and you're both on the lease, um, then the, the lease generally continues until it's time to either leave the residence or if you want to renew the lease. And if you're going to renew it at that time, oftentimes a landlord, not always, the landlord could look towards, you know, what your current income is um, and or your credit or what you're receiving in support to supplement your income. But um, there's a lot of ifs there. So I don't know that I would necessarily run out and tell your landlord. I think um, if you can't afford it now, um, great. Uh, if your spouse is on the lease, technically he's still or she's still legally required to help you pay for it. Now, whether or not that happens in practice, I don't know. And it's kind of like the Wild West out there in that we're not getting a lot of guidance from courts, but hopefully that's a little bit helpful. Okay. Oh, good. She says, yes, it was. Thank you. All right. Any other, any um, last words? I, I definitely want people to know how they can get a hold of you, Mark. Um, and like maybe your website, your social media handle. Mine is up here so anyone can see it, but tell us about yours. Oh my gosh. I'm so low tech. I don't have anything <laughs> like this. Um, You're on LinkedIn. Yes, you are, you know. Yeah, you can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on uh, on Facebook too. We're at Second Saturday San Mateo County on Facebook. Um, or you can visit the website at secondsaturdaysanmateocounty.com. Me personally, um, you can feel free to email me. I guess we'll, we'll send up an email to uh, all the attendees today. So I'll have my contact information in the follow-up email. Um, but that's the Great. best way to reach me. Great. Awesome. And um, we uh, are reachable are on almost every platform, social media platform at Hello Divorce. You can call, you can email, but I strongly encourage you to at least get going with the exchanging of documents and, or at least doing your documents of nothing else, because, um, you know, it takes some time, even if you have us do it for you to really sit down and think these things through. And hopefully maybe you have a little bit more of that time now, but you might not necessarily once things uh, get back to normal. And I put that in quotes because I don't know that ever anything will ever feel quite like it was before, but I think you all know what I mean. So um, thank you so much for joining us. And like I said earlier, we will send out this recording to you. Um, and um, 
And yeah, as Mark says, we just encourage you to inv- evaluate the entire situation. Oh yeah, then, I'm sorry. There was a question oh, that went into the chat. I was oh, trying to re- respond oh, to it. So, oh sure, you, you responded uh, to me privately. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Okay. Um, well, I think that's it in the moment. Um, thank you everyone for joining us. And um, we hope to talk to some of you privately offline. Sounds good. Bye everybody. Thank you.